Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta. I am so excited today to talk to one of my dear friends, Catherine Budig. She is an incredible yoga teacher. She's a writer. She's a lover of food. And she just launched her second new book called Aim True. And it's all about how to love your body, how to eat without fear, how to nourish your spirit, and really discover true balance in your life. Here's a conversation with Catherine. Mostly the people in our industry are really fit, you know, and like really, you know, you've talked about it so much, you know, in, in, you know, interviews that you've done and uh, videos that you've done, like about this certain mold that we have to fit. And I think that for the the people that I work with and what I do, you know, I do a lot of uh, coaching and um, just being in, in the yoga world, it's, it's something that I feel like, especially now really needs to be addressed, especially with social media and all the Mm -hmm. things that are Mm -hmm. going on. Um, you know, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. And I, obviously I I know you and I know how you feel about it, but I want to be able to give my listeners an opportunity to hear your voice and for us to just have this really honest and real conversation about that you know, that perspective or that perception that, that people have out there. So. Yeah. I think that's a huge topic. I definitely want to address that. Yeah. So I think that number one, um, just kind of getting into, I guess maybe we can start with a little story, uh, that I have and I kind of want to just get your take and maybe we can, um, kind of progress on that. You know, when I, when I, yeah, that sounds great. Good. When I first started teaching, um, I graduated from, you know, yoga works. I did my 200 hour training and I was so pumped. I was so excited. Um, you know, and I grew up in LA, so I was, I was in, uh, West Hollywood and, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm going to go to all these studios. Cause you know, they pump you up. It's like, you know, go to studios, mm-hmm. you know, take class, meet the owners and like, you know, just get out there. And I was like pumped. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. And I went to a couple of places, one in particular um, that, look, I'm, a, I'm curvy, you know, I'm Latin. <laughs> and I also, and I also like, I love food, I love to eat. And, you know, yeah, I, right. And when I was in my younger teens, I was really overweight. I was almost 200 pounds, you know, so I lost a lot of weight. I got really healthy. And like, now I'm just at a point where it's like wow. my body does what it does. It goes up, it goes down mm-hmm. and, and it's all good, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's what bodies do, right? That's like the normal thing. So I went into this one studio (laughs) and I met with, with the manager and she was lovely and I came and I taught a class and then I met with the owner and the owner was, was not as kind. I taught the class and then she had me take her class and then I didn't hear anything back. And the manager had told me like that they needed me for sure. She was happy to have me. She wanted to put me on the sub list and all these, you know, great things. So I didn't hear anything back for about a week. And then I Mm -hmm. emailed the manager and I was like, Hey, I'm just checking in to see what the status is on this. Like, I'm really excited to come be part of the team, like anything that you guys need. She sends me this email and it's like, you know, I spoke to, I almost said her name. I spoke to the owner and, <laughs> and y- you know, she, she said she's going to pass 
Um, I'm really sorry about that and, and to get your hopes up, but she just doesn't feel that you're fit enough to teach yoga here. Wow. And that was it. And, you know, you've talked about this before when people give you compliments and all you hear is the bad ones. She did rattle off a couple of things about how great and the training and my training was great, my alignment, all that stuff. But all I heard was you're not wow. fit enough. And wow. This, and wow. so this was right at the beginning. So I just my little dreams mm -hmm. and my heart was just so crushed. And I just remember feeling like, wow, this is where we're at. You know, like this mm -hmm. is it. And look, it's LA, it's anywhere really. It's just our social norm, right? It's 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 the cultural norm that, that we live in. Cultural, right. right. Or media norm. Media norm, that's right. And and that actually it, it bummed me out. I was I was pretty down for a while after that. I didn't really kind of do much of anything because then I was like, oh my God, well, should I focus on working out? Do I need to lose weight? Like, what mm -hmm. do I need to do? Is mm -hmm. this the only way that I'm gonna be able to succeed in this industry that requires a mold, right? This certain body type that I'm not and nor will I ever be. You know, but it actually helped fuel me, you know, and it kind of gave me that that sort of push to be like, well, no, if I'm really in love with this practice and, and what it represents and what, what I want to do in the world, I cannot allow that to, to cripple me, you know, although it did. And I want to talk about that, but it's just like that really allowed me to kind of ha open my eyes to the reality of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's horribly depressing because it's, I mean, especially if you're in a place like Los Angeles and you go to a yoga class. True. What you might see as the norm in a yoga class is going to be, you know, a sea of incredibly petite, normally female or male, very buff, tanned, perfect looking bodies. But that is by no means representative of what the rest of the world is like. And what just makes me crazy is that people constantly talk about how yoga is for everyone. And mm -hmm. what is really being taught is yoga is for wealthy, fit, white, petite humans. And it, it is just, it makes me crazy. Because for you to experience something like that, going in and not being fit enough, I'm like, okay, so you're basically saying that the only kind of teacher you want is the teacher that's going to appeal to the already fit crowd of students that you're trying to attract. When in actuality, the majority of the world is not a size four. You know, the majority of the world is not petite and, and fat-free, and the majority of the world needs yoga. And so what we're doing in the situation is basically saying, I'm going to take away anyone that could be even remotely relatable, that someone that could stand in front of a classroom and say, hey, like, I look like you, or I know what this feels like, and I'm going to teach you a wicked good yoga class, and we're going to join together, and we're going to show that yoga comes in all, all body shapes all races, all ages, because that's what it is. And it, it, it's just, it's funny because I'm experiencing that on social media today where a really dear friend of mine is joining me in my Aim True book challenge. And she's a gorgeous black woman who's got some meat on her. And she's so sexy. She's like one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And she's helping me out this week with the love who you are right now and love your body part. Mm -hmm. And she's just this incredibly empowered warrior for self-love and she's just embraced her body. I mean, she's, she is what she is and she, I think she looks great. Of course, society is going to say she's quote unquote overweight, but if you look at her yoga practice, she's one of the 
sophisticated practitioners have ever seen. She can do stuff that people who are a quarter of her weight could pull off. And and she got attacked today when she posted for people for her weight. And some people calling her, oh, so you're encouraging us to not be healthy. Oh, she clearly doesn't eat well. And, and then this is just the epitome of what I fight against on a regular basis because people who think they can flippantly comment about what someone looks like and assume they know what their, their regimen is and how they treat themselves. Like, this is, I've experienced it, you've experienced it, what it's like for people to project basically their insecurities onto another person and say that they're not fit enough, that they're not pretty enough, that they're not good enough. Yeah. And this scars people for life. And uh, it's it just whatever we can put into the world right now to combat that. And social media, like, it's so freaking because people would never say this to your face, you know, and yet now they have a platform where they can see the nastiest, most thoughtless, like how small does your brain and heart have to be to make those kind of comments about another human? Yeah. It's just heart-wrenching to me. So, sorry, I'm a little fired up today. No, <laughs> I, no, that's great. Well, that's, that's, I think that, you know, this, it's good to be, to be into that because it's, it's what's real. It's the reality. It's what's happening now. I think it needs to be addressed. Like, what do you think needs to happen in, in order for us to begin to to address that? Because it's not okay. Number one, it's like, come on, it's girl, girls, women. Like we got, like we got to support each other. You know this whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, mm-hmm. your book is gonna be so incredibly helpful for so many women out there, Catherine. I'm so excited because I really hope. So. Oh man, I really, it's, really hope so. And it's it's. Because it, it really addresses all of everything that we're talking about, you know, the pursuit of what really makes you come truly alive and to be able to really step into your power, be confident and and mm-hmm. allow that energy to ripple out into the world, I think is really key to this. But how do we begin to change that sort of mm-hmm. norm where where the perception begins to change or or people feel a little bit more inclined to to be open to different bodies and, and different norms, you know, like how do we even start that? How does that even happen? Such a big question. And it's so multifaceted, you know, and I think you need to break it down into different kind of levels where it's like, I mean, what ultimately I would like to see is from a, a media standpoint, I think the people in charge of media need to start making adjustments and they need to understand that beauty is not one size or color or shape or age. Like it's just, um, the media is very guilty for that right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And, and then the experience, like the, the studio owner that you had owners, they need to realize like, we don't need all of the teachers to be 25 and a size zero, you know, mm-hmm. with their, their little skimpy outfits, like having a trainer who is completely fat free and young and bouncy doesn't necessarily translate to inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of people would be, I mean, I, I teach people of all different ages and weights and experiences. And, and I mean, I'm, you know, I'm blonde in a size four. So, but I'm also like, this is who I am. This is the meat suit that I was given and I'm doing the best with it that I can. I love it that you but, call it a meat you know, suit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> But, you know, if I was in charge of running a studio, you better take well believe that I'm going to make it diverse. Yeah. Like, it's just, you have to, if you truly want to appeal to a large audience and not isolate people. So I would like to see the bigger companies and the people um, creating platforms like that open up their eyes to making it more diverse 
and not seeing health as a specific mold that fits into a specific box. And then I think at a more, you know, simple level with our personal interactions is uh, there's something very dangerous when we label each other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I've even tried really hard to not label because it's easy to fall into the category of like, I'm short, I'm curvy, I'm this. And and then I just feel like every time I do that to myself, I'm ultimately limiting myself when I do that. And, and when I do that to other people, I limit them as well. And it also gives us a platform to compare and judge each other. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the hurt comes from. That's where a lot of the pain comes from. And yeah, we are all different. And I'm not saying that we can't acknowledge that, but I would just love to see people embracing their differences. But beyond embracing it, don't look at what's so different between us. Like, there's so many similarities in everyone. But just get back into this place. Like you're, you're like tall and, and, and white and slender and you're, and you're 12 and I don't, you know, like it's whatever the different labels are. And it's like, that's fine. But how are we all connected? Yeah. If we could get back to a place like that, it would be amazing. And then the final touch is just learning a, how to speak positively about yourself because it's so incredibly important because I'm a firm believer of when you just sit there and you speak poorly about yourself, even if you think you're being funny and it's, you know, some comical self-deprecating humor, you're giving people permission to do the same. But when you actually embody empowerment or you're like, Hey, I'm not 100% cool with now, but I'm working on it and I'm focusing on the positive things that I have going for me. You encourage other people who are going through a dark space to be like, you know what, I'm going to step up my game and I'm going to meet you at your level. So those are all the little tools from big man media to personal day interactions that I think if people could just consciously make the decision to adjust could dramatically shift the the separation that we're experiencing right now. Yeah. Why, you know, on that vein, why do you think it's so challenging for us to take compliments? Mm, You know, I, I think that's a kind of weird societal thing where, we're kind of taught that if you are confident, that's somehow synonymous with being narcissistic. Mm. And and there is a fine line, obviously. You know, I'm not saying that I think people should walk around and be pompous, but I do, yeah, I teach this. You know, I think it is deeply important for everyone to understand what makes them unique and what they're passionate about and what they're talented at and to own it, you know, and to and to cultivate it and harness it. Because if you don't, then basically you've got these talents. Everyone has them, whether you want to admit them or not. And you're just sitting on them. And if you're sitting on your talents, what are you doing with yourself? Like, I I think a huge purpose of being in this life is to get out there and to share your talents and to inspire people to do the same. So, you know, it's it's a readjustment period, a rewiring of the brain to be like, it's okay to like yourself. It's okay to be confident in yourself. It's also a fabulous thing to be humble, but I think people can take the humble part and, and allow themselves to fall into the for I'm not good enough, or there's no way that I'm going to keep up, which obviously every human is going to have those kind of thought processes and emotions at some point. But, you know, keep coming back to a place with where like, no, like I, I do have these gifts and this is, I, there's no one else like me. I'm the only me out there. And it's my job to be confident with this journey and this lifetime that I'm on right now. Yeah, I think, and you talk about that in the book. Um, there's uh, a chapter in there called Moving from the Inside Out, 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that really begins to address us beginning to find that, that place. So talking about that, I, I want to talk about the book a little bit because, as I said, I'm really excited for the rest of the world to get to read it. <laughs> um, so what what was sort of what was your intention behind creating this? And I will probably call it like every girl's guide to just finding true uh-huh. happiness, <laughs> you know, because uh-huh. you incorporate every single thing that women and and everyone, not just women, but like everyone, especially in during this this time that you know everyone's kind of going through this process and so many different things happening in the world where we really need to to focus on who we are and and what we're contributing to the to the greater good right so i want to mm-hmm. i want to just kind of hear your your thought process behind that and what your intention was to creating this book yeah you know it, it's funny because when i decided to write my second book i i talked to my literary agent and i told her i, I said i have three ideas i, I really want to write a book about andrew because I've been teaching it for a while, and I was excited to share that. I really wanted to write a cookbook. And then I was like, you know, and then there's always, like, I could write another yoga book. I could probably write a lot of yoga books. <laughs> and, and she, you know, bless her heart, and I adore her so much. But she's like, mm, you're not really famous enough to write a non-yoga book, so you need to write another yoga book. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, we put together like a 30 page proposal for another yoga book and went shopping to all the different publishers and it went over well, but several of the publishers were like, Hey, um, you know, what's this whole aim true thing that you talk about and you teach so much. And they were really interested in it. So a few of the publishers, I just whipped together a two page proposal for aim true. And that's what I ended up going with. And so it was, it, it that was kind of amazing because me, that was a song true had to be written you know that the time was now and this needs to be put to paper and it was kind of daunting in the beginning because although this is what I teach on a regular basis I didn't have a fully fleshed out outline for how I envisioned the book to be and all of a sudden I had been hired to write it so I was kind of sitting there (laughs) with a two-page proposal like oh crap I feel like now I have now I have to do this (laughs) like this got real um (laughs) So it, it, it was this kind of beautiful accident. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate to have a phenomenal editor that helped me to formulate my thoughts into a coherent pattern. And, and that's how the book was born. And it was it's just such a lovely experience for me to sit there and think about, okay, how do I, you know, break, how do I compartmentalize and true into all these different areas of our life, which is really what I try to tackle in the book, because I didn't want to just explain the philosophy. I wanted to explain the philosophy, encourage people to apply it to their lives, but all aspects of their lives. You know, how do you view your body? How how do you love yourself? How do you look at your food? How do you consume your food? How do you take care of your physical self? How do you take care of your mind, your friendships? And and so that's how these different sections of the book came to life, was aiming true application to all of this. And which turned into one very large book. And it's amazing because we had to cut, I don't know, 50,000 words out of this book or something ridiculous wow. like that. Wow. Um, yeah. So there hopefully will definitely be a follow-up to this book eventually. But uh, yeah, that's, that's how it all came together. And it's, it's such a complex book that it's really difficult for me to quickly summarize what it's all about. 
Yeah, but so I kind of like that it's difficult to summarize yeah. it quickly because I, I want to provide something complex. I don't want it to be the kind of book where you read it once. You're like, that was nice. You know, I want it to be a book where people can refer to it and come back to it. Obviously, it's full of recipes. I'm hoping that it'll get dirtied mm-hmm. up in the kitchen and all mm-hmm. that goodness. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's that's how... My little baby number two came to be. <laughs> yes, and let's uh, let's talk. So now let's let's talk about food for a little bit because that's yes, something yes. very um, dear to every every single person in the world. And I uh-huh. love food. I love to cook, and I I've obviously already tried a couple of recipes in the book that are amazing. So the fish tacos are my fave. Like they're just there's it's they're so good. And there's a lot of like different you know. There's juices, smoothies, like every dessert. Uh, that's actually my favorite too. <laughs> There's everything. So, so thank you for providing us with a, a plethora of uh, different options. Um, yeah, yeah. In that same, so just kind of going back to this whole idea of um, where, where. <laughs> You know, I'm a very you know health conscious person. I'm a health coach. You know, I'm I focus on you know all these like healthy eats but what I really love is you're like okay yeah but live a little right so we got to be able to like enjoy that dessert you know when you want it and like say you know okay screw it like I really just want to have this amazing cake right now and like just enjoy it so how do we especially again just this goes back to the societal thing of like why some of us feel like we can't enjoy food you know that's why i feel like mm-hmm. the way that you address it in the book and uh and you break it down like food should be enjoyable like we should this i think you you talk about it it's just it's love like it's just us mm-hmm. feeling love and 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 connecting to nourishing our bodies and to being connected to the food that we're taking in and, and, and all of that. So, uh, saying that I know that you love to cook. These recipes are awesome. Uh, how do we, how do we begin to get into congruency with, with that, you know, because look, I know Mm -hmm. a lot of women out there want to be healthy, don't have time to cook. Maybe they have kids or they've got a busy schedule, you know, they're doing a lot of things in the world or they're like wanting to be, these are two different questions, side note, wanting to be really, (laughs) like wanting to be really healthy and like are avoiding sugar because it's like, I can't have anything sweet because I need to fit into whatever, you know? Right, Um, right, right. Yeah. Uh, You see, I think therein lies the dilemma is that, you know, a lot of us, maybe it starts out with we're not comfortable in our body. We're not comfortable with the way we look, which is, and I, you know, I try to address that in the first section of the book. And then that, you know, bleeds over into the way we look at food. Yeah. And people, many people are always on some kind of diet. And, you know, the word diet to me, like I really dislike that word in general, insinuates that you're cutting something desirable out, out of your diet. Yeah. And and so what I tried to do with my recipes and the way I talk about food in the book is to teach and show people that, you know, I, I come from, I've been in the health world for 15 years now, so I'm, you know, I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm very educated in that world. Mm-hmm. And I know what we should be putting into our bodies, but I'm also a huge foodie. And so I, I just... I also live my life constantly wondering where my next meal is coming from, always. 
So <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like the highlight of my day is what am I going to eat? And, okay, I just finished one meal. What am I going to eat next? And and I'm, I don't think I'm the only person who lives that way. And, and so I really wanted that had to be a way to eat well, but not feel like you're cutting out something enjoyable. Because that's why I think so many diets are deeply unsuccessful is because it makes people miserable. You know, you're, you're not eating enjoyable food. And, and so it's just, where's the fun in life if you're just putting food into the, you to fuel you as opposed to make this enjoyable? Not to mention the societal, like, you know, sharing it with your family or on a date or yeah. with a loved one. Like, it's such a special, some of my fondest memories are around a dinner table. So, and, and I also think, you know, there's a concept in this day and age that people, especially in the yoga world and the health world, are very opinionated about what kind of food you eat. You know, are you vegetarian? Are you vegan? Are you paleo? Are you raw, et cetera? And if you <clears throat> happen to fall into one category, often people are very uh, uh, prolific about it and, uh, and highly opinionated. And so I see a lot of people feeling fearful about eating what they want to eat because they're afraid they're going to be judged thinking that they're not eating the right thing according to society. And I think that's where people are like, oh, I can't have sugar, I can't have gluten, I can't have dairy, I can't this, 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 that. And what I have found from going to many different doctors, Eastern and Western doctors, looking at my hormones, looking at my blood work, like we are all so incredibly different. And I think if people could take the time to truly listen to their body and their needs and what makes them feel good, that would make a huge difference. Just cutting sugar or fat out of your diet isn't going to make you feel better. In fact, most people are dramatically lacking in good protein and good fats. And what they end up doing is because they're hungry, they end up, you know, carb loading. And then that's just filler food. When if you just were okay with having more good fats and protein in your diet, you would be full and you'd be getting what you need. So it's, it's such a rewiring of our thought process that I really think that we need right now and not seeing trigger words, thinking, oh, that's going to be bad. You know, I'm going to eat that plate of pasta that's full of gluten and gluten's going to kill me. You know, <laughs> so it's like, actually, yeah, a lot of people have a, a low gluten intolerance. It's very common. It's also the unfortunate effects of living in America where most of our wheat products are genetically modified and it's impossible to digest because of that. So it's, but it's like occasionally doing something like that is going to be fine and, 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 and rewiring people's brains to be like, if you have that cake or you have that like extra gluten bowl of pasta, it's not going to screw up all the effort and work that you put in. That's just, you're out to eat and you're going to eat that. And that's okay. And if people would just stop putting so much emotional energy into that, like you can feel your body start to relax and stress is the number one thing that's going to honestly, I mean, so many people put on weight because they're stressed oh, yeah. out. Yeah. And then if you're stressing yourself out over what you're eating, you ain't helping yourself mm-hmm. at all by doing that. So it's rewiring the brain, readjusting, and letting yourself be balanced. Just eat a balanced life. Like, I'm not saying go eat cake every single day, but just don't beat yourself up when you decide to have something that doesn't necessarily fall under the umbrella of fantastic health. Yeah, you know, so much of that, I feel like, I think of it as kind of like having like an abusive boyfriend or girlfriend in your mind that every time like 
you let yourself do something, then that guilt sets in like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then it's like, then you're stressed out about it. Then it's like, oh, yeah, I yeah. got, you know, I got to go to the gym tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to eat healthy all day. And then it's like, you eat healthy all day. You're stressed out. Something happens. And then at the end of the mm-hmm. night, you're like, well, I need a treat. And then it's like, I think it then really becomes the question of what you're really hungry for. Like what happens to our will? You know, what happens mm-hmm. to that? what happens to the thought process before, you know, that, that, you know, abuser, you know, for lack of a better word comes into your mind and it's like, oh, you suck. Like you don't have any willpower. You're fat. You're this, you're that. And it comes in and it's so strong. And then it's just like your will kind of like you, you diminish yourself. And then all of a sudden it's like, you can't do anything. And it becomes that downward spiral you know, such a valid point. It's such a valid point. You know, and I, I see, and this is what I saw happening in Los Angeles so often, and it just was breaking my heart, mm. you know, where, like you said, like you're not listening to what your body actually craves and you feel bad about yourself. So you're like, I'm going to eat really healthy today. And I would see people like, I'm just going to have green juice all day long. And it's like, dude, your body is not craving green juice all day long. You need to go have some protein, you know, like you need to go have some, like if you're, vegetarian like some awesome bean dish or like go have like some salmon like something like that's what your body really needs right now but meanwhile we told ourselves like well if I have liquid all day long like oh that's gonna make me skinny like it's just crazy you know and exactly you're gonna get home and be like holy crap get me cooked now 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 so it's just there's no balance in those choices and I would love to see people like have a cookie in the middle of the day with something really healthy, like a, a salmon or a beautiful, like, lentil dish, you know, just balance it out. Balance yeah, it out. just balance it out. Well, I think a lot of that has to do, too, with our ability to be able to trust ourselves to make those decisions, you know? Like, we have mm-hmm. to set these parameters, like, you know, I think that's why diets are so big. Not that they're successful, but they're so big because – you know, if people have something to kind of commit to, then it's like, oh, well, I'm doing the paleo or I'm doing like no Mm -hmm. sugar and I'm doing this today. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it gives you something to kind of aspire to and have a goal towards. It's like, oh, I want to do a handstand. You know, it's like, look, goals are great. I think they're awesome. Please have goals. Goals are great. Right. But I think that there's, that there's something needs to happen there has to be some sort of like agreement with yourself where it's like, you're going to trust that you're going to make the right decision, that you're going to trust yourself when your body says, yeah. I want this donut, even though I'm having, you know, no sugar right now. But it's like, if I have a bite or two bites or if I eat the entire donut, I'm not going to make myself feel like crap about it. Like I can. Right. Don't torture yourself yeah. for doing that. Yeah. So I, I have a friend, I love her theory. She, she like, will go have a croissant. But she's like, but I'm going to have a green juice. I have a green juice with my croissant. And so it's like totally balanced. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's just, it's such a beautiful rationale where I'm like, I love you. And she and just adores her croissant, you know? And it, it's, that's what I like to see where it's like, oh, okay. So I'm going to have all these breakfast, breakfast pastries, but you know, then I'll go have this really awesome green juice or salad or smoothie later and voila, balance. Like it's all good. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to, say no to the donuts. I actually just had donuts last week and they were freaking fantastic. Oh, yeah. And we got like, they had eight different kinds and I was like, I have to, I have to try all of them. So I probably ended up eating four donuts when all is said and done. <laughs> but, 
was so good. They were so pretty. It was really fun. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like what happened to that? Like, and and look, for us, maybe it's just being in the yoga world and like, you know, there's a certain way and, and there are certain things and everyone has an opinion about how, mm. you know, yo- yogis <laughs> need to eat and how they need to, you know, don't have this and have this and don't have too much of this. And it's like, I think really it it's about having having that balance and, and to be able to enjoy yourself without that, mm-hmm. that pressure, right. Without having to feel that totally. guilt. And, and I think that just kind of totally. going back to what I was saying about the trust, it's like, trust yourself, like listen to what you most need. And I, and, and it, it's cool because you talk about this too, about being able to see what really makes you come alive. It's like peel back all the layers of why you're feeling that shame or that guilt get mm-hmm. get to know what really makes you come alive and and what really lights you up and then from there you know then you can begin to kind of you know quiet the mind a little bit when when you get to those those parts of of your life where that bring tension or that cause contraction in the body so that you can really begin to you know just live and not have to worry about imagine totally. if if I think that maybe you, I read this or maybe an interview that you did. um, Imagine like what you ate didn't affect you at all. Or like there was no quote unquote calories. Like if that didn't like what, how would you live your life different if you didn't have to worry about that or what you looked like? Right. (laughs) Or or like you don't have to worry about what you look like or what size or what color you are. Like just go live your life. Like, whoa. Whoa. Right? A world without mirrors or cameras. How <laughs> awesome would that be? It'd be amazing. <laughs> People would like read books again. It would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> they would. They would totally. We'd start reading. We would pay more attention. We'd probably pay more attention to like our families, the people in our lives, you know, we'd probably be in nature more. (laughs) Like what was the world? Do you remember what the world was like before social media? It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Like I had such an awesome childhood and I I mean, I remember, I don't think I even got a cell phone until I was in college, maybe, you know, and I did just fine. It was, much better. I mean, obviously, I went through middle school. Middle school sucks for everybody. But um, I know I have fantastic memories before the social media beast became a thing. And I'm hoping that ultimately it's it's got to either go away. I, I just hope it doesn't keep evolving into like a bigger, bigger beast. Yeah. I'm hoping it's going to find a way to kind of fix itself. Look, and I'm, but, a, I'm and I'm a fan of it. I mean, I know you are, too. I mean, like this is. Oh, this it's is, got amazing quality. Yeah. Without and, a doubt. Yeah, we. Um, but a lot. I think it's kind of killing people slowly too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yes. just it's. You have to be very strong-willed to not let some of that social media affect you deeply, and and not everyone has the tools yet to to not take things personally. How do we so begin think, to do that? Do you think? How do we begin to to find what sort of tools? Could you give us to begin to feel a little bit more grounded and rooted? With that. Well, I, I think, you know, I like to use the example of, say you're fighting with your partner or a best friend or someone mm-hmm. you're incredibly close with. Like, when you actually get into a fight with that person, it's 
entirely because you were actually mad at that person. Normally, if you get into a heated fight or argument, it's because the other person has stoked something so deeply insecure inside of you, or they've, you know, shown, they've shined light onto something that you like to keep hidden and dark. And it just makes you wildly aggressive and, and reactive. And then it and instigates a fight with the partner, with your, whoever that is. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, that's what I want people to think about so that they don't take things personally. Because when people lash out and say these deeply negative things to you, it's coming from such a hurtful place from the person delivering the insults. And if you can truly understand that, like, when someone says something demeaning or deprecating about you, they are not taking away your power. They're diminishing theirs. And once I truly realized that, I, it gave me so much more confidence mm-hmm. because I'm just I'm a very sensitive human. I think most people are. And I used to really let social media and the negativity when people would attack me get to me because, you know, I think I'm, there's still this little girl in me somewhere who just wants everybody to love me. And so I would let these negative comments cling on to me. But in the actuality, I'm like, okay, you know, I've never once in my life taken the time to make a negative comment on social media about anything. Like, I, I can proudly admit that, that I've never done that before. Same. And so for anyone who feels the right or the need to do something like that, the amount of pain or insecurity that they must be experiencing to think that that's okay to say that about another person, that has nothing to do with you. And so if you can truly stick to your guns and remember that at the heart of everything, like that's how you're going to pull through people being cruel because people will always be cruel. It's just the deeply, sadly unfortunate truth of the situation. The only thing that can change is how you interpret it and how you let it affect you. Wow. Yeah. You're wow. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for that. And that's... it's not easy by the way. It's totally <laughs> no. not easy. It's a practice and it's something that I am not 100% good at, but I'm working on. And, um, I just, I have to kind of like swap myself around a little bit and be like, come on, game on. This is up to you, beauty. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it just wastes so much precious time and energy when I, I could be happy and I could be focusing on something, putting something good into the world and not just, you know, wallowing in my pity pool basically. Yeah. Well, like my, my teacher, you know, uh, yoga Rupa, Rod Stryker, he says this all the time, you know, mm-hmm. he goes, so when, uh, you have to think about the destiny that's not happening when you're like clicking and clicking and doing it's like what destiny is not happening when you're out there putting that into the world so it's like when we start focusing on all the mm-hmm. like negative comments mm-hmm. or we start to like feel that like you have to just you know single pointed focus like just keep moving forward you know mm-hmm. um totally. and, and I think this is so much of the work that you do in the world you know lucky for us you know we have somebody like you to to aspire to 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 see and and look we're not all perfect I totally get that but like no at one's least, perfect right? we're all a work in process <laughs> yeah totally I'm like a mess like when my my people well I mean not a mess but it's like we're, we all have like our stuff that we're doing but you know what I'm happy to say that I do and there's a lot of things that I've figured out and it's so great and I'm totally yeah happy and excited to to have had the path that I've had and to have Mm -hmm. awesome people and friends to look up to uh to see like they're real too (laughs) like these are real people right like we all have things going on relatability yeah 
So in in closing, and I don't want to keep you too long because we're out of time. Um, <laughs> so uh, in closing, thank you for giving us uh, so many really great tools and for just being uh, a, a great role model for for not just us in the mm-hmm. yoga world, but just women in general. Uh, so thank you for that. And um, my pleasure. Thank you. Yes, I want to close with asking you uh, one question sure. uh, and then any other things that you kind of want to give us uh, any little gems of advice or things that we can practice or, you know, just something that we can do to begin that process or, or head towards uh, mm-hmm. a place of feeling more confident. So what do you radically love? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> uh, this is Okay. I'm going to go with this one because it's what pops into my head right away. And I'm also looking at her right now. I radically love my dog, Ashi. Um, and, and that's actually, she's very, she's totally giving me like the big saucer eyeball stare down right now. And, and I radically love her. We've been together for 10 years. She's got her 10th birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. And she's been this unbelievable figure in my life. She's like a, like a little tiny guardian angel. And she has this, unbelievable ability uh to be completely in tune with my energy mm-hmm. and to the point where she used to come straight to me if I would like start cursing or yelling and now we're so in tune with each other that even when my my heart rate starts to rise or I can feel my blood boiling over something she instantly beelines over to me and tries to climb up on me and it, she's just this monitor this constant reminder for it is not worth getting upset over the things that I get upset over and and just this this constant she's just this balance she's this little balance angel where she's like it's okay this is not worth your time stop it let it go and I you gotta know she's pulled me out of many a dark hole many a dark hole and and I I love that she's just this you know little four-legged wagon of love and she also loves food as much as I do. We have that in common. <laughs> and, and, and as far as like loving your body, I think she's so funny because she's like, I want to be fat. Oh my God, I would love to be fat. If I could be so fat, I would be, that would be my dream come true is just to be severely obese. <laughs> she loves to eat. <laughs> and so she cracked me up because, you know, here we are as humans striving to look a certain way. And I mean, Ashi would probably be happy if she couldn't stand up. You know, because that would mean that she could have as much food as possible. And and so I just admire her zest for living and eating and experiencing. And and she's, she's just so symbolic of so many things. I even have a little section in my book that's uh, Love 101. It's Love with Ashi, Professor Ashi Love 101. I did. She and gave us some good what advice. what I learned from my dog. Yeah, she does. She's a little tiny teacher. <laughs> And as far as, you know, giving us uh, just some tools, like something to work for, something that we can put in practice uh, to, to get us into that place of feeling a little bit more confident. Yeah, you know what, I've, I've, it's in my book and it's just a really simple exercise and it's fun and, and creative and pretty. It's just to go get a, a sharper, a sharper, a Sharpie or a, a, a whitewash marker. And on your bathroom mirror, just write out whatever positive affirmation it is that you are striving towards in your life right now. 
and, you know, write it big and bold on your mirror. So it's something that you see on a regular basis, hopefully multiple times a day you walk by it. And it's just a very sweet reminder of who you already are. And if you feel like you're so far away from it, at least the direction that you want to be moving in. And I think saying those kind of statements on a regular basis, reminding yourself of where you want to be, is a really good way to start to wash away, you know, years of preconceived notions about ourselves and, and limiting stories that we've been telling ourselves. Wow. Oh, so great. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. I'm just like, yes. Um, I want to talk to you every day. Uh, so that's, that's amazing. So, uh, okay. That wraps up our show. Everyone. Thank you so much, Catherine. You're incredible. Thank you for being a hero to us. Thank you so much, Rosie. And, um, yeah, that's, that's our show. Join us again for the next one. Thank you all so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Radically Loved Radio. For more information, you can go to radicallyloved.com. You can follow me on all the social media outlets, Instagram at Rosie Acosta, Twitter at Rosie Acosta, Love Radically on Facebook, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that I'm not mentioning, but I'm sure you will find them if you're looking for them. Thanks for listening.